0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
1: Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
0: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Ortega. I have Chris Kaufman here with me. I will have Simon Clancy later on this week, as we'll have a special episode. But first, Chris, the Redskins win. The Bengals win. But the Dolphins essentially kicked the crap out of the Eagles for an entire second half, and they also win. And I don't know. I hate to say that they're firmly entrenched in a spot. But I think f- number four is the best they can do. your thoughts on 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 what's transpired
1: the week? best they can do, like the best that they can do for the season is you know depending on what we're talking about is going to be like six and ten um, <laughs>
0: no I'm talking about draft position i think four yeah i don't I it's it's going
1: step. down from here it's not going up um, that's unfortunate i mean they they Listen, the, the the tie break between they and them and the Redskins is so tight it's strength of schedule and it's super duper tight. One game could one game could really flip that at any Washington given point. Washington
0: has it right now.
1: They have it right now, but um And it's
0: point zero zero five in strength of schedule.
1: But it's a matter of it's a matter of, you know, we have a basket of opponents and they have a basket of opponents and um and so, you know, if theirs starts winning a game or two more than ours then all of a sudden it's you know it flips um so that could flip any time but the problem is that Miami's not done winning and no. maybe Washington is so that's that's really what we've got to what you've got to worry about um because Washington play Green Bay and Philadelphia um and the Giants, so they could win that game against the Giants, but then they play Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, you know, it's good that they play the Giants because either Washington or the Giants are going to get a win, Um, but the Dolphins aren't done winning. I mean, compare that schedule. Think about those teams that they play. Versus Miami having a last four of the four and eight Jets, the two and ten Giants, the one and eleven Bengals, and then the week 17 Patriots, who I understand they've lost home field advantage, or at least they, they've, they've got the home uh, disadvantage in that tiebreak with uh, the Ravens right now. But what happens if week 17 they have wrapped up a bye week? but it is high, either impossible or highly unlikely that they can get their home field back from the Ravens mm-hmm. by week 17. Then what's going to happen? Well, they're going to pull all their guys by halftime or something like that uh, if they play them at all. So um, so we could be playing the New England backups in week 17 because they have their bye week, but they can't get home field, and so the game doesn't matter. So 4-0 is not enough. <laughs> It's ridiculous, but four and zero is not out of the uh, question. Three and one, maybe even should be considered the favorite um, outcome for the last month. I, I certainly think two and two seems like kind of a minimum. The way yeah. they're playing, uh,
0: the saving grace is this: Cincinnati starts Andy Dalton. They all of a sudden look good yesterday. I want to say good, but they look like a competent football team. They look like a team that can beat us. Problem is that's mm-hmm. in Miami. The game's in Miami, and I don't know if a Zach Taylor team is going to be all that interested by that time. While a Brian Flores team is probably going to be breathing fire by that time. <laughs> by that time. Yeah. Okay. The Giants, Daniel Jones, decent rookie year, but their running game is in the toilet, and that's what we were banking on as far as beating us. I'm thinking a little bit worse than that. Okay. I'm looking at a real possibility at falling out of the top 10. And I'll tell you why. If you look at some of the teams that are behind us, is Atlanta done winning? I think they are because they're thinking about shutting down Matt Ryan Mm -hmm. because they've already shut down Julio Jones, essentially. Okay. They're three and nine. They have the same record as we do. They just have Mm -hmm. a stronger strength of schedule, but we can win games. Atlanta could just lose out or Mm -hmm. lose a couple more and they jump us. Detroit is suddenly tanking. Now, are they a danger for a quarterback? I don't know. They've lost five in a row, and they keep losing in every fashion possible. Okay, so I don't think they're in in on a quarterback because it's really expensive to get rid of Matt Stafford. And the last we saw Matt Stafford five games ago, he was having a great season. He was headed for, you know, plus 100 quarterback rating, 30 touchdowns. He, he, you know, almost five thousand yards. He was going to have a really good season. Arizona, I think that's a
1: wild card because I think Matt Patricia could 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 want uh, his own guy. I I think he could want his own quarterback. I do, but it's kind of especially based on the especially based on which quarterbacks, which quarterbacks have have been his choices as Matt Stafford's backup, Mm -hmm. and um, and and sort of the makeup of those guys. They're not Matthew Stafford. Um, they're not built like Matthew Stafford, and I think that sort of belies what Matt Patricia really wants. And uh, and I think I think they're they're headed for a breakup.
0: Well, uh, it'll be expensive to get rid of Stafford because I think I believe sure. he, he has a a pretty chunk coming to him. But maybe they work out a trade, and I think that's a guy that would have a lot of trade value out there. You know, some team that feels they're a quarterback away, they might feel pretty good about that. Arizona, forget it, Calum Murray is, if not rookie of the year, he should get consideration, so they're not a danger. Then it comes the Jaguars, who are four and 8 and look like they're not done losing since they're going back to Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew might give them a, a pop. But are they 5-11? and 11? You know, are they 6-10? and 10? That's going to put them right there with us. I think the Jets are going to finish ahead of us. I think the Chargers are going to finish ahead of us. I think Denver's going to finish ahead of us. And that's where it ends. So I think that we have pretty much – the 7th pick locked up let mm. me ask you this question if well
1: they- consider this though 375 6 and 10 375 right now where that would, where that percentage would stack i mean just do this the simple way mm. is like number 12 or number 11 in the league so yeah, but
0: this this year is a little bit different cuz to finish 11th or 12th we have to finish ahead of philadelphia well Uh, ahead as in more wins than philadelphia i don't know no i mean
1: philadelphia is five and seven right now and they're they're they have a four seven they have a a 417 record Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so they're they're currently 12th right so if we were a 375 record of six and ten we'd be 11th Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And would, would they have a, a tiebreaker over Philadelphia just by merely beating them? Or
1: no, no, that doesn't figure into it. Philadelphia does have a lower strength of schedule, but um, you know, th- so, so I mean, Philadelphia is fine. They're presumably they're heading not toward six and ten. Philadelphia is heading toward seven to nine, based mm-hmm. on you know, based on on what their current run rate is, their win rate, um, but. You know if we were six and ten we'll we'll be ahead of them, but we will we'll still be at number eleven you know
0: yeah, so what do you think is the worst case scenario I, I as I handicap it, I see the seventh pick as the worst case right now
1: the worst case scenario is in like the lowest draft position like the mm-hmm. i I do absolutely believe that we could be picking number eleven or D.S. um uh yeah i i think so look they they were and four in the first quarter of the season they were one and three in the second quarter of the season they've gone two and two in the third quarter of the season and now they spend december which by the way is that's the the time when typically um the defenses in new england have kicked it up a notch is uh is as they get into the final four games of the year um and they're i mean if if they're doing that, if they're on that sort of track, then the schedule is permitting. <laughs> I mean, it's, mm. it's Cincinnati, it's the Jets, it's the Giants. These are terrible teams. And, I mean, not just, not just bad, but terrible. And, uh, and then possibly the New England backups, we'll see what happens there. So, yeah, 4-0 and is not out of the realm of possibility. So three and one is probably, like I said, it's probably the favorite. So that puts a six and 10, six and 10, I think could easily be the number 11 uh, pick or the number 10 pick in the, um, in the NFL. Just, a, it de- just depends on how things shake out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's worst case scenario. I think absolutely. It's a possibility. Um, now what, what you'd have to say is that, Miami they've shown that they can beat bad teams. They beat the Jets clearly. Um, they if Ryan Fitzpatrick had played the entire Redskins games I'm pretty sure they would have won and not by you know not by a tiny margin, not by a two-point conversion at nah, the man, end they but killed them. Yeah, I think um I think they would have won so they showed that they could beat them. But at the same time, you know, the Chargers are kind of a bad team. They um you know, they did not have derwin james at that time and they had some injuries and uh, and and yet they doused us so um and and if you look at what, what the cleveland browns did i mean they're, they're not a great team either and they certainly you know beat the hell out of us so um not perfect so these three teams one of them could jump up and beat us uh because we're just not a very good roster and that's the way it goes and if the new england patriots are actually playing for something then that should be an easy win for them especially as it, it kicks right into their their go time of the year or their, when they're the best
0: yeah um, and a new so, win.
1: so that's so if, if you're looking at that then you're looking at like two and two and and a five and eleven record and at that point five and eleven record I would say is probably gonna be good for like you said number seven or something like that mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's a that's a decent possibility. It's hard to imagine them at this point imploding and going, you know, worse than that, worse than five and eleven, unless there's an injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm -hmm. If there is, then you know, three and thirteen is is in the offing, possibility. Yeah, they're
0: finding ways to do things with you know, guys off the street, and (laughs) yesterday there's nothing else
1: to do to them. I mean, how can how can you how, strip them? Strip? How can you strip them any more than they've been stripped?
0: This reminds me of. Did you see the movie Major League, the 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 first one?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay,
0: and she keeps taking things away, Have and you at seen one Major point League? she takes away she takes away the 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 team plane and has them flying around in a yeah. little crop duster, mm-hmm. and then she says, "Well, I guess we're we're coddling these guys too much." And, has and they put they put the boat engine the they put
1: the boat engine in the um in the tub.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have a cold tub anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, I don't know what else they can do. They can't do exactly.
1: Much well, what more can you take away on this team aside from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's it. And if you take away Ryan Fitzpatrick, like I said, then maybe you are looking at a three and thirteen team, and that won't be good for number one overall pick. But it, it could get them number, you know, even conceivably number number two overall pick. Um, so it was a surreal. Let say. me say, it
0: was a, a it was a surreal experience yesterday. Uh, I usually watch game watch games with the same people, and I've told you who they are. And there's cowboy fans there, and watching that game yesterday, and watching these cowboy fans hooting and hollering at every Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> completion, and me just blankly staring at the screen. <laughs> it was completely surreal, you know they kept telling me you guys are gonna pull this off you're gonna pull it off i'm like no we're not trust me and when it was 28 14 it looked that way then an avalanche befell the the philadelphia eagles
1: i'll tell you what i was on the road i was on the road back from outer banks north carolina and um and i i knew i i'd been trying to see i this was the point of the trip when i was driving and i had checked and saw the 28 14 and i was like because it was kind of close at first and um, And then I checked that and I was like, okay, well, here's, here's the point in the program when they start, you know, the better team starts running away with it. And later um, my wife started checking the scores and was like, do you want an update on the score? And I was like, um, yeah, sure. Whatever. And <laughs> she, she tells it to me and she's like, the dolphins are winning. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it was, it was, I think it was on something like 32 to four, 28 at that point or something
0: like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then they I was opened like up that is
1: you? you you read honey this is nice but you read that wrong. Like
0: <laughs> No, not only that. They iced the thanks game. Thanks for
1: trying to cheer me up or trying
0: but <laughs> Yeah, they iced the game on the Eagles, okay? Yeah. All right. That 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 Hail Mary at the end of the game, that really mm-hmm. wasn't very necessary. I think that was a, a failure in, in coaching, I think to ice away the rest of the game yeah okay because they left a little bit too much time and then they allowed that completion and then that set that set up the you know and they shouldn't have allowed that completion by the way but that set up the the hail mary into the end zone but it was ball- close
1: though the hail mary wasn't it
0: yeah it was if there's a there's a picture and i believe it showed up in the miami herald today mm-hmm. where alshon jeffrey's arms are under the ball mm-hmm. but chris Laman's arms are above <laughs> above mm-hmm. his yeah arm, right catching the i mean football.
1: it just it was close
0: so if lemons is not there, uh mm-hmm. I think Jeffries catches it you know yeah, it was, it was but
1: pretty close and uh well the the Indianapolis game was close, and this it, is the the thing about the season is these weird wins, like um you know if you're being honest with yourself and you're and you're taking off the rose colored glasses uh and you're kind of looking at it, and you're like, this bad team stripped roster mm-hmm. um they come up with wins against Indianapolis and against the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they should have been – I think, what were the Eagles favored by in this game? Like 10, something like that? And, no, uh, it, had Indianapolis. it had dropped uh, it, was like, it was at least 9.5 or something like that. No, it was 7. Um, it was 7. It was 7?
0: Yeah, I, and then it had dropped to 6.5. So, I guess some people started betting that. Wow,
1: that, that was really that was really a really last-minute drop then. Um, yeah, let me get, because, let me
0: get the – I'll get you the, the actual – composite lines in Vegas
1: when I had checked it um it was it was something like uh it was something like nine and a half but that was I guess earlier in the, in the week but yeah anyway um I mean they're they're clear I, I have see I have closing odds at negative 10 or, or minus 10 in Philadelphia so anyway but um, yeah so this was supposed to be these are good better teams and Miami somehow comes away with the victory. And you see the other team playing sort of poorly. I mean, Philadelphia played poorly. From what what I've seen of the game, and I've seen most of it now, but, um, you know, Philadelphia really played some poor football in this game. Uh, and, And Miami took advantage. And obviously, Devontae Parker went off. Mike Kosicki went off. Um, lots of things, good things happen on our side, but man, they played like shit and Indianapolis played like shit too, Mm -hmm. when we won against them. And at the end of that game, it was sort of like, who wants it less?
0: Here are the Um, composites. All right. Here are the composite lines for, for Caesars Harris. And these are the movements all week. Okay. Uh, Every number that I give you is two day intervals, minus mm -hmm. 10, Philadelphia, minus 10, minus nine, Philadelphia minus 9.5 Philadelphia, minus 9 Philadelphia, minus 8.5 on Thursday, minus 8, minus 8.5, minus 7.5 on Saturday, minus 7, minus 7.5 at kickoff. So mm-hmm. I guess there was resistance right there at minus 7.5, which, yeah. you know, uh, I guess it got down as low as minus 7. You know, so I guess a lot of Miami money came in during the week. Yeah, but it, Thursday it, it,
1: refused, it refused to cross that. and Yeah. That- that and threshold, right back that's to seven, seven and a half, seven to seven to six and a half is a huge cross. Um, yeah. But so, I I think the the point though is that if you're if you're kind of being objective about this, it looks like the pattern of trap games. You know, mm-hmm. teams that think they're think they're better, think they're better, but aren't really. Awesome, you know it's one it's one thing if you have like a team that's like ten and one and and something like they're at that point a team like that is good at not falling into trap games right
0: and you just get caught in it.
1: But a team that's just over five hundred or around five hundred and thinks they're good, thinks they should be better than they are, um they're facing a team that's supposed to be one of the very worst in the league. Those are the teams that get trapped. Those are the teams that that fall for it, that eat the cheese. So um dolphin i think Fenters that
0: know a little bit about that do absolutely you remember, You're damn you right we the, should do you remember the dolphin team that was on the cover of sports illustrated as a super bowl favorite do you remember how they started the season losing to was that are we talking team. are
1: we yeah this is the texans. this this was the the texans was two thousand two thousand 2001 2003 or two three two three. i wanted to say 2002 but that was like i thought the texans were there before 2000 and andre
0: johnson ripped us an ass
1: yeah that was terrible um but anyway uh yeah so so I, the trap game is is a thing in the nfl everybody knows it's a thing and if you're being objective and you're not being like a dolphin fan you're wondering kind of i wonder if indianapolis and philadelphia fell into the trap a little bit like mm-hmm. they they kind of showed in the showed up to those games a little lack lackadaisical and and um not really locked in they clearly played some poor football um and that's where I, I sort of wonder about because everybody's like, well, this is such a great sign going forward. It's like this is such a unique season though because one it seems like every every worst team in the league somehow ended up on our schedule. If we were like a 500 to playoff team, we'd be well shit. The Buffalo Bills are nine and three right now. So yeah. and they they have basically our schedule. So um, we have a hell of a schedule, a hell of an easy schedule this year. All the bad teams ended up on our schedule somehow um and, and then b you have a coach that has absolutely nothing to lose absolutely no. nothing to lose at all um nobody expects him to win a full job security guaranteed job security and so he's calling games like it i mean hell we just had a punter throw a touchdown to the kicker um so and, i and I,
0: i've i've kept looking for it I don't think it's ever happened in NFL history, and <laughs> nobody can find another it, instance.
1: I can I can imagine that it has not. But um, but so so you have a coach calling these games like he has zero fear of losing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you have um, a, a really kind of easy schedule, and then you have some other teams falling for the trap game thing against us. And so I wonder, like, okay, let's fast forward to 2021 when we have a more expensive team higher expectations yeah. uh is is brian flores going to call the games the same way like is he going to call that fake so. field goal yeah. and the fake punts and <laughs> and the onside kick to start the second halves and
0: yeah.
1: and and stuff like that the two-point conversion to save overtime against the redskins is he going to do that i don't think he should i'm to be honest and it's one thing to show up at the roulette wheel when you have nothing to lose it's another thing to actually play roulette where you have you know the mathematical disadvantage when you do have a lot to lose. Um, so is he going to call the games the same way? Uh, are we going to have the same schedule? Are um, teams going to fall into a trap against us uh, if we're better and we have higher expectations? Those are the real questions, and that's why it's like, you know, don't read into this yet. This is nice. Uh, this is what's happening is really good coaching, and and we should be happy with it. But don't read too far into it yet because the conditions we're seeing in this season are so unique compared to what we're going to experience in future seasons.
0: Yeah, what I don't understand is Philadelphia, you know, you got to assume that they're sitting around having their Thanksgiving dinner and like everybody else in the NFL, I'm pretty sure you're watching Dallas play and you're watching Buffalo annihilate Dallas in Dallas on a short week on Thanksgiving Day. And you got to be thinking to yourself, my God, we're playing the the Dolphins on Sunday. What a gift we have just received! And then you go to Miami and you lose, and not only do you lose, but you get boat-raced in the second half. Oh man, yeah, like, I, I don't get that. Like I don't understand yeah, that. They're good. At, they're good. They just at... the gift of gifts.
1: They did. They um
0: they blew it. And if there's two teams that absolutely despise each other, it's the Eagles sure. and Cowboys. So yeah. like you know, you got to think that they came down here wanting to kick the crap out of us. And by the way, I don't know if anybody's noticed or not, but we called the zero blitz sometime in the second half. And Nelson Aguilar was wide open once again, but once missed him and had to throw it away because he was under pressure from Vince Beagle. So Mm. when people talk about, you know, those that zero blitz that didn't go so well Mm -hmm. with the Steelers, I guess it actually went okay this time. Although I would advise that we get that out of the playbook. Because this should have gone for like a sixty yard touchdown yeah that's
1: that's i mean they had some other issues with um with it i mean they had an issue with it it was a it was not as it, it was kind of was a zero blitz in in as much as like um there wasn't deep help it was supposed to be all man, and that was how they scored that first touchdown to miles sanders the um the the running back uh, outlet pass. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was supposed to be all man. It was supposed to be all man, but Hardage didn't get the, uh, didn't get the memo. (laughs) And, um, and so he didn't, uh, he didn't, he didn't go out and cover Sanders. And instead he doubled uh, the guy over the middle. And um, that was supposed to be, that was supposed to be man coverage. That was technically zero um, coverage because it was all man, I think. And, and he was supposed to, he was supposed to run out to that side. I think, um, pre-snap and and go go get uh sanders or spy him or something yeah but, but um, yeah it
0: was, but it was a lot bad. of good things have come out of this little run that they're that they're on and namely it's two guys on the offense and that's and one guy on the defense that you know we got to acknowledge he just signed a, a three-year deal eric raw mm. and you were mentioning today on 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 twitter that the deal is actually pretty friendly because, you know, he's only, he's only guaranteed $7 million if all the reports are correct, and which means they can just get rid of him after one year if he doesn't work out. But he's been good in this role. The other two guys mm-hmm. that look like they're here and they're here as contributors and kind of important contributors, and that's Devonte Parker. <laughs> he is back. And, of course, Mike Gasecki, who's kind of on fire. Yeah.
1: It's scary. We were, we were talking about this earlier, but Mike Gosicki, if you really look at it um, and you kind of get a better understanding of what uh, you're seeing it now because you're seeing some of the plays that he's making out there. If you get a better understanding of what is actually open for him, mm-hmm. you know, what, if he's one-on-one, you know, how he frees himself up, um, what kind of leverage he has and stuff like that and how you can get him the ball you can get him the ball high and take advantage of the defensive uh leverage if you understand all that then he could be getting the ball a lot more <laughs> and and he could be giving be given a lot more chances to make the sorts of plays that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks from him um and so it's a little bit scary uh i've always thought that coming out of that draft the the, spe- the most special tight end coming out of that draft was Mark Andrews. And that was because I thought that he stood a chance of being the most well-rounded, just overall high-performing guy. Um, but there was no denying that Gesicki was special. And I didn't, I didn't necessarily see special from Dallas Godart or um, that Hurst. Guy, or what's, his, what's, what's the guy that the, the Ravens drafted in the first round?
0: He oh, wasn't yeah, really doing anything. Uh,
1: Jaden Hurst yeah yeah I didn't really see special from him but there's there's something you can't deny about Gasicki and that he's special in a certain way (laughs) like in a very discreet way and I guess you know he's so one-dimensional though that it's a matter of getting all the other stuff up to speed so that you can actually take advantage of his one dimension but um but yeah it's that and that's happening and if that does happening happen, then be prepared to see him highlight reels all over the place because that's what he's built for. I mean that's that's what he is.
0: Yeah, so, I just I hope that, that whatever quarterback comes in here next, like watches this and realizes this is the guy that you have to trust.
1: Yeah. With you do. getting
0: you the football, you know, getting the football mm-hmm. for you. Because that's right. That's you know, that's what's come about. You know, because yeah, he is getting open. You know, and he's running good routes, and you know, catching the ball cleanly, and all of that. But look at the plays that he's making because he's just bigger than everybody else. He's and bigger, and he really... jumps
1: tall, he jumps, jumps higher, and yeah, you know. And yes, he's, he's an, an athlete. Clear,
0: he tried to clear a guy that was standing straight up. And yeah, and he, he, he just need him in
1: the face. <laughs> uh, he's, he needs to probably get that. He's when, as he gets older, he needs to probably get that out of his game because he's going to get hurt that way. But. um yeah, I think that uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a pretty good player as they continue to figure him out. And it is it is key to trust him and figure it out. That's probably the most key thing because of the way that he can make plays. But when it happens, especially what you're gonna what you're gonna see is when you get a really good quarterback in here and you start to get consistency at that quarterback position, to where that quarterback feels like he can learn him and start to develop paths Patterns and rhythms, and with with his receivers, and um, get to know them and stuff like that. That you could really see him flower in that situation. So it'll be interesting. I, I, he's never going to be a complete guy. You no, know that. No, no, he's not. He's so, not a y,
0: He's not a y tight end. He's yeah. I mean, he's, he's F never Z, You know. Yeah, he's never
1: know, Yeah, exactly. He's never going to be Hertz a is What guy. I said
0: today, when when Omar Kelly today was asking, you know, show me the next time that he in line blocks. And I, I wanted to respond. Hopefully, never.
1: <laughs> All yeah. Right? Well, show me, show me the next time. Show me any time that Jimmy Graham in line blocked. <laughs> right. I mean, and but Jimmy Graham is the guy is a guy that everybody knew, right? There's there,
0: video. There's video on YouTube of people making fun of Zach Ertz blocking. Okay. Yeah. Now you could do that, but would you make fun of Zach Ertz, the football player? I don't think so. Well, he's that's a, way, that's a the thing. Football.
1: I kept I kept trying to remind people coming out of the draft about Mike Gesicki, and and even some people were going after Mark Andrews this way. And I was like, ah, oh, but they're not they're not complete guys. You know, they they're they're not blocking and stuff like that. I was like, name me the last aside aside from like Rob Gron- Gronkowski, who was unique and he's going to be in the Hall of Fame for a reason, mm-hmm. but course, he's not the only good he's not the only good tight end that's existed over the last 10, 15 years. Name me. You know, any name me the elite tight ends, the really good tight ends that you know that you know of out there, and then you know, show me their blocking reels and tell me it's not all a blooper reel. I mean, it because that's the that's just the fact, these tight ends don't become elite players and become the stars of the league because of their blocking ability, just one, just Rob Gronkowski. Um, otherwise, they're elite. Or they uh, they get that reputation because of the plays they make in the passing game, and they often are just shit blockers. So uh, yeah, Gosicki is a shit blocker. We know that. We've always known that. But um, if he can make these kinds of plays in the passing game, ain't nobody going to care.
0: Yeah. Now let's now let's get into this because you know I've heard I saw this this argument all day today, and it was mostly by one beat writer, but a lot of people were following through. There are nine tight ends in the Hall of Fame, okay, and these are the guys. And I know, I know, you know, I got a pretty good idea of these of who these guys are, because I'm, you know, I've always been a film junkie, and especially is, you know, historic films. Uh, Dave Casper was one of the first. He was not a wide tight end, okay. Mike Dicka, yeah, okay, sure. Tony Gonzalez, kind of, but not really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm
1: yeah and he was a basketball player
0: <laughs> okay john Mackey complete I mean, literally ozzy newsome complete charlie sanders i'd never watched him play uh and i don't know too much about him jackie smith i know for a fact was not a wide tight end mm-hmm. okay shannon sharp and Kellen winslow okay that's it that's the list now shannon sharp you know do you remember shannon sharp as some of guy course. was just bowling over linebackers
1: <laughs> no he was a wide receiver basically
0: Okay, And Kellen Winslow is the same thing. Kellen Winslow wasn't a wide tight end either. That's why San Diego, if you could go back and you could go look at those old films of those Dan Fouts-led offenses, they used Charlie Joyner on the outside and they had that other uh, receiver, Wes Chandler. They had Kellen Winslow and they used to always play another tight end or a fullback Mm -hmm. with him. Okay, And sometimes they used to play Kellen Winslow in the slot in what looked like back then as a three wide receiver set. And they used to comment on how Kellen Winslow was a tie, was essentially a wide receiver, so this complete wide, this complete tight end thing, you know, like you know, doesn't happen. And if it does it, happen, it's,
1: it's not t- often, right? I mean, it's Jason Witten and Rob Gronkowski, and and that's the list. but then but then that's the list. That's it. That's that's the tweet. Um, you know. So otherwise, you're looking at. Because if, if you're looking at Jimmy Graham, <laughs> what the hell was he as a blocker? I mean, he's basically just a wide receiver. He's um, a giant wide receiver. Yeah. If you look at uh, what's his name, Antonio Gates, uh, converted basketball player and didn't know what he was – he came into football. I remember him saying that he was he was still learning the game by playing Madden when he was in the NFL because he was, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he was that that new. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about players like that, and, and Tony Gonzalez, uh, these these were not blockers. Uh, and then there's always somebody going to step up. Oh, they, oh, they knew how to block. You know, they they could really, really, yeah, okay, <laughs> really go 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 slice up the real and and show it to me because the, they they had some shit blocks. And if you were asking them to stay in and block on passing downs you know you're not doing yourselves any favors no um so yeah it's the the complete tight end thing it's 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 really about developing the chemistry and the trust with the quarterback um to use them in so that and knowing that they can free themselves really in in man coverage or in zone coverage um that's what it's all about and gesicki's getting there and he, you know if that trust gets there then it's just it's it's highlight real city we know we know that he can do that his very first training camp that's what he did all kinds his, of videos yeah, came his out. first
0: yeah his first training camp he was destroying Rashad Jones yeah okay his, and making a fool out of Rashad Jones it's highlight reel
1: after highlight reel. and yeah. now now you have Devonte Parker doing what what a game he had um, yes and,
0: and let's transition to him let's transition to Devante Parker and let's at least Let's at least have three minutes of Devontae Parker appreciation. Yeah, Okay. he had a hell of a game. I've always made this case. I have no problem with Devontae Parker, the football player. He's good. He's a good Mm. NFL wide receiver. My problem with Devontae Parker is that is what I've always said. To be good, you have to actually play. And he's always finding Mm. injuries and leaving the squad when you most need him, especially all those Dolphin teams that he was a part of, that he was a supposed to be a big part of. And all of a sudden you're losing your wide receiver for two, three weeks, or he's leaving games in the second quarter. And that's a guy you can't count on. And then in the off season, you know, he's not, I don't know how we, how we would say this, but you know, he, he wasn't, not that he wasn't a happy camper, but he wasn't really partaking in what all the other pros, quote unquote pros were doing. Namely Kenny Stills, who one time had, had an Instagram post, basically shaking his head because Devontae was eating all kinds of junk food in the office. Mm-hmm. Okay. Evidently, he's taking this a little bit more seriously, and this is the year. I guess uh, one, I think it was Joe Shad who said that it took, you know, his football mortality to, for him to get it right. And I hope, I hope that's true. What do you make of it? Do you think that this is the light bulb that, you know, he finally got threatened with unemployment? and that's why we're getting the Devontae Parker we've always expected?
1: No, I think it's a quarterback. I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I I, I don't know. That, I mean, so it's the trust thing. It's um, it's a style thing. Uh, yeah. Ryan Tannehill was not – I don't think he was a – I don't think he was a trusting uh, quarterback in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think for Devontae – so, so Devontae Parker, and this is the problem I primarily had with him. Devontae Parker doesn't really – I mean he's not like Kenny Stills. He doesn't he doesn't or Jakeem Grant for that matter, he doesn't create a lot of separation, in my opinion. Um, and and a lot of these highlight passes that you're seeing out there are really just, you know, go up and get it. And it's it's not that you're so open, it's that the ball is thrown either really well you know depending on the type of throw that it is either really well or sort of underthrown and then and then let the guy go up and get it really well if it's you know if it's really over the shoulder um, or you know just kind of an underthrow and then you're you're asking him to box out and go get it it takes a lot of trust to throw those balls and it takes it takes a lot of chemistry and i think there's a lot of chemistry that kept getting interrupted for the reasons you've talked about and so the trust wouldn't really develop. Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that has always liked to throw it up to those um, to those taller guys. You go back to Mike Evans and um, mm-hmm. what he had in, in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans and O.J. Howard and um, some of those guys at Cameron Brait. Uh, Vince even going Jackson, back even going Jackson. back yeah even yeah and going back to um sorry the uh the jets you know brandon marshall, brandon marshall. and mm-hmm. uh he had that guy eric decker as well um so yeah i think that he's a guy that that does that i think the quarterback fits him his mentality fits him he's uh he's a i mean he's a gunslinger uh ryan fitzpatrick is it doesn't take much for him to start trusting you and and just start throwing it up there to you because that's in his nature. It was never in Ryan Tannehill's nature. Um, so I think that that's a big part of the issue, uh, and and so he's he's reaping the rewards off of that. But I, there is still some downside there in that there there's going to be a consistency issue because nobody consistently. The plays you saw against the um, the the Eagles this weekend. Nobody finishes those plays consistently. The kind, the kind of plays that you saw. I mean, they're they're low percentage plays for a reason. Uh, even the best ones, you know, the guys that you think of, uh, Julio Jones or, or Megatron. You know, they they didn't do that all the time. It when you when you eat off of out of the from those plays, it turns out inconsistent, and you can still disappear um, or end up disappointing or or a ball gets picked off or something like that. Um, So it's really going to be about separation and about the consistency of, of his getting separation and also his run after catch, which has never been there. Not the way that it was in Louisville. I mean, you saw in Louisville, he was, he would run drag routes.
0: Yeah. He would run
1: drag routes and then have this great run after catch. Um, I always thought that there was some opportunism involved with those that it wasn't that much skill, um, but certainly in Miami his run after catch has not been good. and so his, so I think that that's part of being a complete player here and really achieving your your total potential is going to be that. It's going to be creating separation so that the quarterback trusts you more um, and then adding in those big 50-50 plays every now and then that that catch the highlight reels.
0: Yeah, and I had the the stat earlier uh, today on the 3YPC account, and he's just a guy that if you target 10 times or more, traditionally, he's always had good numbers. And it's not that it's an arbitrary number because if you – because it's very rare that he gets targeted many more than 10 times because he's been targeted 10 times – 10 times – 11 twice and 13 once okay and if you go less than 10 if you add on the the five games where he was targeted nine times his numbers go through the roof but he's a guy that either gets targeted nine or ten times or four or five and his four or five target games are absolute garbage and Mm -hmm. i think that's where he where he makes you know where he's made his reputation but if you put his 9 and 10 target games and i only i use 10 targets cuz it's a nice you know nice round number mm. but if you want to use 9 if you want to add 9 in there then his numbers are going to get better but his 9 and 10 target games good god like i had the numbers today like if you extrapolate you're talking about a 100 catch 1400 yard receiver you know like those are ridiculous numbers and near 9 yards per per target like you know is the, is that a good case to to make that he gets targeted good things happen that maybe this is a guy that needs to be featured a lot more
1: yeah i mean maybe but what about the drives that are ending because you're tired you know if it's if it's that up and down with him you Mm -hmm. gotta you gotta target him 10 times to get like the the two big plays or whatever Mm -hmm. um then think about the drives that are ending because you kept trying to feed them the ball. You kept trying to get that big play out of them yeah. and, and then think about the consistency factor and how that affects, you know, the flow of the game that those drives ending as well as the mentality and the way that, you know, cause football is sequential, right? Um, so, so everything builds off of what you've already done. And yeah. I, I think that, that's why that's where that's why we talk about this consistency thing all the time. And, and you know how it it sounds nice. uh, Sometimes it sounds nice on paper and you want to just just go ahead and do it and like make a plan. Okay. Well you win if you run 25 times. So I'm going to run 25 times, but football is, is sequential. So, um, and and everything, everything is conditioned on what has already happened. uh, So, it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, and that's, I think he does still have a ways to go, uh, to be honest, but he had, I, I give him all kinds of credit for this game and he's, he's had a pretty good season too, altogether. Uh, he had a hell of a game. I mean, some of the plays that he made are the type that win you games and he was the margin, you know, he represented the margin in the game and then some, I think.
0: Yeah. And I was, I was doing a little bit of digging of this cause, uh, uh, Mike Ryan of the Levitard show—he's a Browns fan—and he was marveling how they have Jarvis Landry basically as their number one wide receiver still. And I did some digging, and sure enough, Odell Beckham with the Browns has been targeted ten or more times. Four times he's been essentially ignored the rest of the season. Okay. Yep. And every time he's targeted with those big numbers, here comes the six receptions for one sixty-one and a touch. Six receptions, yep. one hundred one and a touch. You know what I mean? You see these big, big numbers. You know, and like, I don't know, you know, how are the Browns better with Jarvis Landry as the head target guy or, or it all Beckham. I think the, the answer lies so somewhere in between. I think, yeah, Parker needs his, his targets, but I think it has to be organic. And I think you're right. Like if it gets, if it starts getting forced, Mm -hmm. then here come the picks and you're not going to see as many, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to see as many highlight plays, so yeah, I think it has to be organic. They have to find the balance next year, you know. But at least they know that they have a guy that they can trust if they do throw it to him ten times in a game. But it does have mm-hmm. to happen organically. I don't think he's a feature guy. I don't think he's Julio Jones. I think he's that. You know, he's that considerable step below the, what yeah. we consider like that top fifteen guys. You know what I mean?
1: He, he looks like Julio Jones in a game, right? Yes. In this game, because when when you play that numbers game with those 50-50 balls in those situations where we saw him make the big plays uh, in this game, you're going to come down with it in spurts, and um, you're, they're going to work out. And when it when it does, it's going to look like it's going to look hell on impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Do
0: but you then think that maybe the staff, since you know it's a New England staff, and you know you know that their reputation is that they find matchups. Could it mm-hmm. be as simple as maybe next year they find, like, hey, man, we're playing this guy who's a 5'9 five, five, quarterback, a cornerback, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, maybe it's, this game is the good is a good idea to target uh, Devontae 11, 12 times on this kid if we can. Kind of like what they did well, the, to Mills yesterday. Well, they, they did
1: it was, – was it Mills so much? Was it, it was, I thought it looked like more like Ronald Darby
0: uh no it was more mills i believe
1: i mean in the first in the first half and then some it was definitely ronald darby he got he, he was targeted six times on darby um mm-hmm. and he had four catches for 101 yards on, on uh, <laughs> ronald darby um so you know mills he had three catches for 58 and yeah one of them was a touchdown he had a touchdown on both guys really that fourth down play was darby mm-hmm. Uh and that fourth down play was just a ridiculous play, one of the most ridiculous plays that I've seen out of a Dolphin player in a while. Um, mm. It's going to be interesting going forward. I mean, hey, they've, they've got – this is what they just did with Eric Rowe. Uh, they they signed him to a three-year extension worth $18 million and $7 million of it is guaranteed. So essentially think of it as 2020 being a year where Eric Rowe is going to be on the roster no matter what. Um, injured, not injured, rain or shine, he's going to be on the roster. And then from there, he has to earn his his second and third years And my because those are basically like team options. Um, They did that with Devontae Parker on his two-year contract, essentially. They said, Hmm. all right, we're going to guarantee you the one year, 2019. You're going to be on the roster. We're going to give you all kinds of opportunities and feature you and stuff like that. And then we own your upside for 2020, and that's that's what the situation they're in. They own him for a, less than for a little bit less than five million dollars, and um, and that makes a hell of a tradable asset if you want to if you want to do that pursue yeah. that route. Um, so yeah, that this this is what they're doing with Eric Rowe now. Eric Rowe is a 26 year old guy. He's six foot one corner with a four three seven speed. He was a former second round pick. Um, he's still quite young. Uh, he's gone through some clearly some injury issues early in his career, but, um, but, and that now his, his, he's got um, momentum after a position switch. So they own his upside. They own his upside going into 2021, 2022, uh, those years if he really continues on this arc and continues ascending. Um, there's there's a lot of good to be said for taking that that tack with some of your guys some of your own guys that are in that fit that profile and they did it with the parker they're doing it now with eric Rowe, so it's it's going to be something to look forward to
0: yeah we give you plenty of dolphin talk all right later on this week we're going to try to concentrate a little bit more on all these college prospects as they close out their college seasons but till then
1: Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb
1: baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands.
0: and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.